Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the Mind Vine Podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey. <laughs> this is the Mind Vine Podcast. My name is Daryl Mathers, this is Chris Bovey. Welcome. And if and the voice you've been hearing is that of Shailene Jones, you're the executive mm-hmm. director of Peer Support Canada, which I'm glad you shortened your name because <laughs> that's much more uh, manageable to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were just chatting about uh, peer support. Obviously, that's something you mm-hmm. live and breathe every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're presenting here at the conference, which mm-hmm. is the Mental Health for All conference hosted by CMHA. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what your presentation's on? Yeah, so we... Um I'll back up a little bit. So I'm fairly new to the organization, having been here just over a year. And <clears throat> I was really curious about what are what are the needs of the community that we serve? So at Peer Support Canada, we work really closely with um, organizations that provide peer support and organizations at the provincial level that champion peer support, as well as with individual peer supporters and family peer supporters. So I wanted to go back to, to the, the people we, we serve and get a sense of, uh, what do you guys need from us? Like, how do we better serve our community? Um, and what's important to you that we focus our energies on? Um, up, and up to date, we had mostly focused on designing very robust and rigorous certification process. So I'll come back and chat about that more in a minute. So I went back to the, to the community. And what they told us really clearly was being able to connect with others who are doing similar work was really important. So having a community practice for... Um, organizations that work with newcomers around peer support or uh, a community practice for managers of peer supporters or community support for families providing peer support. So people really wanted to find their, their tribe. We have so many pockets of amazing peer support that's happening across the country, but we're not so good at creating structures and mechanisms for people to connect with each other and, and to do that knowledge exchange and to really share their information. So we um, are looking to build an online learning hub as a way of connecting Canadians who are passionate about peer support, the organizations and the individuals, um, and provide a mechanism for them to do that knowledge exchange, um, share work that they've created. Um, there are pockets of groups that have done like amazing training or they've developed a whole suite of HR tools with job descriptions and scope of practice. And, um, and some groups are doing amazing work around trauma-informed care. So how do we connect all this awesomeness in one place and make a one-stop shop for building capacity around peer support. So my session today um, is around um, kind of how, how do we harness all that and to delve a bit more deeper into what are the specific learning needs people want to, to learn about through an online platform um, that will really inform the design process for that, that hub. Great. Go ahead. So I was just going to say, is that is that this this lack of sort of this connection is that a symptomatic problem of a bigger problem that we don't connect on a lot of levels when it comes mm-hmm. to mental health like if there yeah. was one we've, we've talked quite a bit this week about system change and, yeah. and so um do you, do you think it starts at the top we need to on all levels need to mm-hmm. be connected better in the mental health and absolutely addictions field. absolutely i think we're a nation of pilot projects you know where mm-hmm. um, we look at how organizations are able to secure funding it's much easier to get funding for like something new and innovative and exciting and then once you developed it and you're ready to scale it up it's much harder to find the funding to do those other pieces to really grow successful programs and move mm-hmm. to the next level yeah. mm-hmm. just the peer support piece it seems like uh that skill set 
has really been it's kind of exploded in mm-hmm. the last number of years like organizations yeah. have really I, identified it as an area mm-hmm. where they can enhance a person's experience through peer support what's is there any concerns about uh, organizations um, latching on to the peer support without necessarily um, mm-hmm. integrating it properly into their organization making right. sure that they're you know that they have the supports uh-huh. in place it's not easy being a peer support worker you know there's lots yeah. uh, especially in, in mental health like there's there's lots mm-hmm. of baggage for lack of a better term that that you bring to the table you're hearing you're hearing stories lots of triggers mm-hmm. um, is there any concern organizations mm-hmm. that maybe um, getting a little too excited about <laughs> the, the, the prospects and not necessarily yeah. having it ready to go I think you know when you understand what peer support is it's it's magic it's taking your own lived experience being able to process that and live through that and having gone through a recovery process so you've managed the ups and downs of the recovery process and you're really well grounded in your recovery and then being able to take what was a vulnerability and to flip that into a strength Mm -hmm. Um, and most peer supporters that we work with have been through they've been through extensive training um, on the job training mentoring um, outside training as well and that training piece um, it plays such an important role and certainly there are folks who have never been trained but have been doing peer support for you know 10 20 years and are amazing Um, but that training ensures that people are providing peer support in a way that's really consistent with the core values of peer support and the principles of practice that the Mental Health Commission of Canada developed through their, their peer project a couple of years ago. So there's, there's always the risk that um, we'll grab onto a, a new idea mm-hmm. and kind of run with it without having done the work. Um, and peer support um, is an amazing thing. And I think um, as we're growing it and as we're furthering um, the integration of peer support into all settings, from universities to workforces yep. to acute care settings to community-based settings, um, it's important that we build that infrastructure and build those supports so that um, as organizations want to develop it, they've got some resources and some guidance mm-hmm. on how to do so um, in a way that's going to be effective and safe. And that's kind of what, what I was getting at because it's... The, the stress or Mm -hmm. I guess the the pressure that we can put on somebody in that position is immense right and we have to make sure that we have uh, the necessary supports in place absolutely and I think it's really tricky to have um, a really stressful work environment like an acute care setting Mm -hmm. and to bring in one peer supporter to throw them on the unit and (laughs) say okay do your thing without having really strong um, supports around that person mm-hmm. just like it would be challenging to take anyone from any discipline and throw them into a high stress situation without having supports around them so you want to have like a clear line of reporting um, a clear um, job description clear scope of practice and supports from the organization on um, how to manage challenges how to work through things so those those structures and supports around the peer supporter are essential to providing peer support right. So we can't necessarily just apply the same model we would with other employees with peer support. We have to understand the the uniqueness of that. Well, I would say that bringing on peer supporters and having to think through all of these things would really strengthen an organization. Because although the person who is the peer supporter has identified as having lived experience, we know half of all Canadians by middle age are going to have had experience with mental illness. So if we start thinking about how do we in, uh, reduce or address vicarious trauma, for example, how do we create safe working environments? Um, how do we create strong, effective teams where people can ask for help when they need it? 
bringing on a peer supporter to a unit may trigger the need for these conversations, but ultimately they really strengthen the organization and the mm -hmm. culture that person's working in for all staff. Right. So should there be, I mean, you talked about the commission, but should there be sort of a mandatory mm -hmm. training mm -hmm. across the board for all peer support to, so we have consistency right. in what they're learning? It's a huge country and it's a really big emerging field. You know, so think about other emerging fields like, um, like massage therapy, when they kind of, kind of first came out of the gates, you know, all those right. years ago, um, it's provincially regulated. Some people are doing massage therapy with a lowercase m, <laughs> lowercase t, yeah, right? right? So they're not um, able to get reimbursed through extended health benefits. Um, and every province has different schools, and some of, the, some of them are accredited, some of them are not. So peer support is kind of in the same place. So we have folks who are providing peer support in a really informal way. Um, and then we have folks who are working as a peer supporter, capital P, capital S, who have completed some training. Um, oftentimes they are going through the certification process with Peer Support Canada, um, and it's very much intentional peer support where they're really embodying mm -hmm. the core principles and values of peer support in the work that they're doing. So it's, it's kind of, um, both are good, um, just like having a, uh, someone give you a massage who's registered versus not, you know, they're, they're both great, mm -hmm. yeah. um, but when you have, um, someone who's done that additional training, sometimes you have a bit better sense of what they know. Okay. We find uh, with the patients that we deal with, uh, in mental health specifically, they've been through so much, right, in their recovery, like in their darkness, darkest days. Mm -hmm. They've been through hell and back, and they're in a good place, and they feel so grateful. And, you know, they just want to give back a lot mm -hmm. of our patients. And you ask them, like, what's kind of what do they want to do next? Right. And yeah. I'd say seven out of ten times they want to be in peer support. Right. right. So what would you rec like? Mm -hmm. What advice would you give uh, somebody who's in that process of recovery mm -hmm. that wants to give back? That's looking at peer support yeah. as an option. Yeah, for sure. A lot of folks have that transformative experience of going through recovery. Um, and feeling so amazing when you find a treatment that finally works and you're like, oh, like the sky is blue again. And like, I'm, you know, I've got through that wave of, of that, uh, that um, episode. Um, and it's a great chance to try to take your lived experience and turn into something meaningful. So for sure, a lot of folks are really interested in, in peer support. I really encourage folks from any background, if you're interested in getting into a new field, like learn more about it, like read up about it, go to an organization that provides peer support, learn more about what they do. Um, you know, peer support, when you're providing it in a structured way, um, there's, there's some guidelines on how to do it and some kind of structure on how you provide peer support. So at first glance, it looks like you're just meeting someone for coffee and just chatting. But when you're working as a peer supporter, you're, uh, you're working really hard inside to help them find sources of motivation. You're looking at how you can use your story in a way that's constructive for the situation they're in to help them move forward to the next step. So it's very skills-based. So it's kind of like you, you have to have the experience of going through recovery and being in recovery and, and managing a mental illness. And you have to have that natural, those, those human skills, you know, those communication skills and the empathy and the warmth and all those amazing skills. But then there are some, some technical skills that you want to develop as well to be a really strong peer supporter. And I guess there's some areas where it's, it's almost essential that you have peer support. And I'm talking about those sort of closed communities, whether it's policing, first responders, military, indigenous, they want... Mm -hmm. They're kind of a close to the outside world, and they mm -hmm. they only trust the people that are sort of in their yeah. in that sector. So, um, are we seeing a growth in those areas, like those those communities, like first responders, military? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's um, 
amazing how many businesses have peer supporters on staff or um, industries like first responders and that are growing their own peer support programs. Peer support is kind of a modality that you can deploy in so many different settings and to so many different people regardless of their diagnosis or where they are in terms of early intervention, managing wait lists, uh, as a complement treatment, maintaining recovery. So it's very um, varied. Mm. <laughs> you can deploy it so many different ways. It's very versatile. But ultimately, it's the relationship that really makes the crux of it. So you have to be able to connect with a peer supporter. And often that shared life experience, you know, is like 80% of it. But then, you know, if I'm a 14-year-old girl who's going through anxiety, I'm not going to connect as well with a 40-year-old guy who's mm -hmm. managed depression. You know, so you've got to have enough in common. Right. It's kind of like Tinder, you know, you both have to kind of make a match <laughs> for it to really connect and to work. So, right. you know, for some industries, um, when the, the trauma or the experience is so closely connected to what you do for work, it makes sense to connect with the peer supporter who's shared that experience. Mm -hmm. So it, it depends, yeah. is the answer. Yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah, for sure. We actually, we've heard a lot about peer support all week. It's kind of right. been a theme and mm -hmm. a shared journey. A lot of the, you know, a lot of the mm -hmm. same themes that you, you deal with every day. Yeah. If people want to learn more about you and your organization, where mm -hmm. can they go? Yeah, they can find us. Uh, we're on, online, but our, our website is psac-canada.com. Um, but we're also on Facebook and Twitter. So if you uh, you search for Peer Support Canada, you'll find us there. And we're, mm -hmm. we love hearing from folks about how we can better support them as we grow Peer Support together. That's great. Well, thank you very much for joining us. I really pleasure. appreciate it. And enjoy the rest of your day. Great. You guys too. Thanks. Thank you.